Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. pointed and flexed his feet as he watched Lynn bounce around the room he had deemed as the living room. It was just his library, really, but over the last day he had had more furniture delivered to make it appear much more like a traditional lounge. It was almost as if there was a whole family of people visiting, not just one woman. Of course, both him and Micah had tried to explain that it was unnecessary, but Lynn wouldn't hear of it. So another sofa had arrived, and another couple of armchairs. They blended in with the current suite perfectly as if they had been there all along and Kaylin was avoiding Lynn's endless fussing by pretending to test if they were just as comfortable as the old one. Kaylin just couldn't understand his concern and his panic over it. Sure, Cassie looked like a terrifying human being, but really deep down inside she was a sweetheart. Strength wasn't always just in the muscle, Kaylin's father had taught him that from a young age. Sometimes it was the strength to keep moving forward no matter what happened, the strength to love others unconditionally. He had known Carsey as long as he could remember. He remembered her before she had Micah and remembered her when she was so pregnant she had given up finding clothes that fit her properly. And he had only ever seen her strength fail once. Hiroki dying had hit them all and hit them all hard. Kaylin had been on a job at the time, hired to find out if a man's husband was sleeping around while he wasn't there. It was boring and far beneath him, but it brought in enough money to keep him alive. It was easy, too, to prove it, seeing as he timed it so he was inside the husband when his employer came home. But it was walking back to the inn he was staying in, money in his pocket and freshly satiated, when he received a message from his mother. She was coming to get him as soon as possible because she knew that Hiroki was dead and they needed as much support as they could get for when they told Cassie and Micah. He would have gone anyway, of course. The disagreement he had had with Hiroki wasn't bad enough to stop him from going to the man's funeral. Yeah, he was a complete dick and never deserved the way that Micah stared at him like he hung the moon, but he didn't deserve death. Cassie had breezed into the house like she always did, all warmth and strength and familiar. She treated his parents' house as her own, but never overstepped her welcome. Kaylin had dozens of aunts, all from his mother's side, but Cassie? Cassie was the closest aunt he had, even without blood or marriage bonding them. And Micah had followed in after her, all smiles and sunshine and innocence. Still grinning wide as he walked up to Kaelin, squeezed him tight and caught him in a smirk that said, I remember what we did last month and I want a repeat performance of it. Kaelin still remembered the looks on their faces when they heard the news, when they crumbled in front of him. 
All of the strength that Cassie held herself with failed, and she clung onto Micah and wailed. It was an unholy noise, a noise that Kaelin never wanted to hear again for the rest of his life. It was strangely familiar. He had been in a similar position going on a decade before. Not the same, never the same, but similar. He could emphasise with them a lot more than his parents could. So he swallowed down his own feelings, became a rock for the two of them to lean on through the small funeral they held in the woods behind their house. No one but him had blinked an eyelid at the lies that Hiroki had told them all. The fake name, the fake family, the fake life before the army. Because that's just who Hiroki was, never giving more than what was completely necessary, always laughing off anything that was asked of him. He was guarded, kept secrets like the best of them. It made Kaelin suspicious, but it wasn't his place to bring it up. Everyone was suffering enough as it was, coming to terms with the loss in their own way at their own time. His worries about just who Hiroki had been wouldn't help anyone or anything. What did you do? Lin's voice pulled him out of it. The elf was still fluttering around nervously, and for a second, Kaelin wondered if he had read his mind. You're playing with your watch. You only do that when you're thinking about the guy who bought them for you and Micah. Plus, he was kind of dating Carsey, right? Lin asked as a way of explanation, one ear ticking down in curiosity. It would make sense that you were thinking about him, so... What did he do? Kaelin thought for a moment, suddenly much more aware of his fingers turning the watch over and over in his hands. It was purely instinctual and something that he was definitely going to have to work on in the future. Well, his magic favoured fire and an awful lot of blades. Fought in the war alongside my dad and Cassie, Kaelin started and Lynn shook his head, almost forceful for the first time since Kaelin had met him. No, not in general. You know what I meant. He did something to upset you. Micah mentioned it. If he... If he loved you enough to buy you something like that, I can't see why he would ever want to upset you enough for it to carry on after his death. Lynn interrupted, even though he didn't turn to look at him. Still kept fussing and making sure every little thing was complete perfection. He... He was a dick. Rightful of himself. Thought he was the god's gift to men, women, and everyone in between. But he could fucking back it up, was the problem. Talk himself into anyone's pants. Never settled down, even though the option was right there. And we had... We had a little altercation about it, Kaelin sighed. Still trying to figure out exactly how to say what he was trying to say. Tell me. What happened? Lynn asked, and Kalon was about to ask just why he was so interested before he continued with his words. It... It'll be a good distraction. Lessen the anxiety, you know, get me thinking about the past to stop me freaking out about the future. Kalon sighed. It, it wasn't a painful memory like a lot of others were. And if he had learnt something, then it was... It was the importance of talking about people, 
keeping the memory alive, whether those memories were good or bad. So he sat back, closed his eyes, and began to tell his tale. It hadn't been too long before Hiroki had died looking at the grand scheme of things, a year or two at most. He had blazed into the house like it was a stage, smiling and performing as if they were an audience, not his family. They were sat around a table all eating happily while Hiroki spoke about all of his war stories, what he had been doing since the last time they spoke. But that wasn't the only thing he spoke about, because Hiroki never had a filter. Hiroki spoke about all of his conquests, both on and off the battlefield, including the ones in the bedroom. And Kaelin wasn't stupid. He knew the effect it had on Cassie and Micah, the two that had always, always wanted him to stick around. Even though they tried not to show it, he could see the sadness in their eyes. He had spoken to Micah in secret when the other man was drunk or high and how much he wished that Hiroki could stay in their family, didn't keep leaving and abandoning them without a second thought. And Hiroki did nothing but rub that in their faces, reminding him he was going off and fucking whoever he wanted without a second thought to who he had at home. Reminding them that they would never be a family. Which was why this time he followed Hiroki out when he went to refill his glass. Why he stopped him with a hand slammed against the wall next to him, watching his eyebrows shoot up to his forehead. Tell me, is it hard work being this much of an asshole, or does it come naturally to you? He asked, crowding into the elf's space, using all that he could to make him feel uncomfortable. Good. He deserved to know what it felt like. But Hiroki just raised one eyebrow, crossing his arms in front of him and looking back defiantly. What's that supposed to mean? He asked, relaxing back against the wall in a way that really shouldn't annoy Kalen as much as it did. But Hiroki had always been cocky in a way that rubbed Kalen completely the wrong way. You know exactly what I mean, he spat back, lowering his voice to make sure no one else in the house could hear him. Coming in here, bragging about how you got your dick wet. I know you're a fucking idiot, but you must know what that does to Cassie and Micah. He thought for just a second that he could see recognition, maybe even sadness, in Hiroki's eyes. But in less than that second it was gone, and the dickhead was smirking at him again. Oh, this is fun! You think you know what everyone else is thinking. Cassie and Micah know what's happening, they know the deal, it doesn't hurt them. He responded, waving his hand lazily and dismissively. Kaelin hated him more by the second. And what exactly do you think they know? Kaelin deadpanned back, not letting up an inch. Because I can guarantee you're being a dick. They know I can't stay, Hiroki responded, looking far too casual for the conversation they were having. Kaelin knew he was capable of feeling emotion, he had seen it before, but... Right now, he was doing a very convincing job of hiding it. That's bullshit and you know it. You haven't been home in years. You managed to sneak away once. Your father wouldn't know if you started a relationship, got married, whatever. It's just an excuse to run away from your responsibilities and commitment, Kaelin spat back, having to force his voice to stay quiet. And that at least got Hiroki to react, to lean forward into him and hiss back. You don't know anything, Kaelin. You think that you know everyone's business and you're always right. But you don't. You have no idea about my father, about my home life, about where I grew up. So you can butt your fucking nose out of it. 
And Caelan had never really gotten off on people's anger. But he had been holding back for so long and finally he had gotten a rise out of the man in front of him. Add to that, he gave him a very specific thing he could do to make things better for everyone. Something that was just his speciality. Okay, so let me kill him, he responded, voice still flat. What's one more assassination, hey? One last job. I won't even charge you. Think of it as a gift. I would give everything to have a wife and child, and you're just throwing it away like it's nothing. Hiroki shook his head, one hand shooting out to grab hold of Kaelin's shoulder faster than he could think to get away. A part of Kaelin wanted to shrug him off, but it seemed a bit too petty right now. He will kill you, Hiroki urged, and his eyes looked the most serious that Kaelin had ever seen them. If I thought I could kill him, I would have done it already. I'm not going to send you into a situation that I don't think I myself could win. I won't risk you for that. Kaelin took a breath. He could argue back, he supposed, but for once Hiroki looked dead serious, and that was enough of an anomaly to make him pause. Alright, whatever. Just stop telling them all the time about how you've moved on without them. Or maybe I will just decide to hunt your dad down and try and take him on. It was a stupid threat, one that he was pretty sure that he would never follow through on. But it was a good threat for Hiroki. He knew he would never risk Kaelin's life. The elf nodded back at him and Kaelin finally let him go. Did he stop? Lin asked, finally speaking up when Kaelin fell silent from his story. He was still nervously flitting around and looked like he was dusting the top of some of the books opposite the sofa. Obviously, he was running out of things to make himself feel useful. He... yeah. He did. To his credit, that doesn't solve the fact that he lied to us, though. I'm sure the reason he didn't want me looking for his dad was that he had lied to us all about his family, where he was from, Caitlin sighed, running a hand up through his hair. Maybe... Maybe he didn't know whether he could trust your parents when they first met. And then maybe he couldn't go back, couldn't admit to the lie after he had told it, Lynn suggested, and it made Caelan pause. It would make sense, sure, but... You didn't know him. That wasn't... He thought he was invincible. But he trusted Dad and Carsey with his life. He, he told them everything. There's no family he could have come from that he would be too worried about telling them about. Kaelin responded, grabbing Lynn's wrist as he came close enough and stopping him dead. Lynn, baby, come and sit down. Relax. You're not helping anything, he soothed and heard Lynn sigh before sitting himself down next to his legs. He almost deflated as he sat, slouching down until he was almost folded in half. What if she hates me? He asked out of the blue, turning his hand to interlace his fingers with Kaelin's. Who? Carsey? Kaelin replied, shuffling a little so he could pull Lynn down to lie next to him. She won't hate you. She doesn't hate anyone. She might look scary, but I promise you she's a sweetheart. 
Lynn stayed silent for a long moment, and Caelan was close enough to watch him swallow a couple of times. He obviously didn't believe what Caelan was trying to soothe him with. Trust me. As long as Micah loves you, she will love you. As long as you don't hurt Micah, she will have zero reason to hate you, he urged, running his thumb over the back of his hand gently. Lynn took a big breath, closing his eyes and letting his head fall back against the arm of the sofa. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. A part of Kaelin told him that he really didn't. 